everybody. Welcome to my live stream from my car as I uh, assess the situation. It's alternate side of the street parking day. And as you know by now, we like to uh, we like to live stream in the car as we uh, we hope for the best. But uh, my situation doesn't look good today. I'm uh, I'm tied up against a dumpster in front of me. Um, there's a little construction action behind me. If the street sweeper comes in, I think I'm going to be pushed out of my spot. So my fingers are crossed that uh, the street sweeper doesn't come today. If it does, I am absolutely screwed. Tim McConnell, you are first on the Facebook. You got Rich uh, Donovan, Scott Watson, Ted Palawada. You got the punch off the YouTube. You got uh, David Parmcast. How's the war doing for you so far? Not, it's not too nerve-wracking, right? Especially with Putin basically saying any country that interferes with what I want to do, uh, I'm going to nuke you. That's That was the translation. Yeah, I didn't go to bed until, uh, I don't know, 1 o'clock. I was just watching, like a lot of people, just watching war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. I was just watching war on TV. This is going to be the dumbest thing you hear today, but I just feel like war in 2022 is antiquated. It just feels weird and not right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting day. Biden's going to, I don't know, he's going to what? uh, He's going to throw all sorts of sanctions on Russia and the Putin. And uh, and then we'll see what Putin does. Because then if Putin's desperate, then he has nothing to lose, right? That's good. I hope Biden. I hope Biden knows what he's doing. Was he even uh, awake? Did he get? I think he got ten good hours of sleep last night. I don't know. I feel like if you had a younger president, he would be up all night long and uh, talking to the American people. Biden sort of talked to the American people, and then a lot of us went to bed scared. <laughs> and then what? Biden took his snooze. He don't care. What is he? Seventy-eight. He doesn't care if the whole world goes when he goes. What does that mean to him? Wait, let me uh, let me deal with this guy. I'm in my car. Guy's giving tickets. It's just doesn't he understand there's a war going on? Sir, you understand there's a war going on. Maybe take uh, take a break today. It's a war going on, and this guy's giving us giving out tickets. Because they're not in their car for alternate side of the street parking day. Yeah, he just ignored me. He walked by. These guys are tough as nails. You can't shake them. They don't give a crap. I've I've tried my hardest to shake them. I'm telling you, they, they hire a type. But this guy has already given out one, two, three tickets behind me. Because the people behind me were thinking, you know what? There's a war, so I doubt the city is going to be out there giving tickets for alternate side of the street parking day. Especially on a road that looks like there's a lot of construction. So uh, my fingers are crossed that uh, that the street sweeper doesn't go by today. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just uh, honestly, it's just depressing. It's downright depressing. And then we don't even have a united front in America. You know, if Obama, you know, but Trump, you know, but Biden... We can't even be united as as they're hinting. This could be the start of World War III. That's just great. I hope your car's not running right now. This would be an expensive live stream. It's running because I'm freezing, Paul Spinella. Let me... Oh, I got you on the big screen. I'm freezing. It went from... 
I think it was like 65 degrees yesterday in New York, and it's uh, it's saying 33 right now, but it feels a little colder than that. So I have to heat up the car, and then I got to turn it off, and uh, and that's what I'll do. But I just filled up on the way back from the beach before the war started. Before the war started, it cost. Uh, they wanted something like four dollars and forty-four cents for premium. I haven't, I haven't touched a premium pump in years. I bought it to that old gag many, many years ago, and then I'm thinking to myself, how do we know that the separating the uh, the unleaded regular from the premium? Get the fuck out of here! So I've been doing unleaded regular all day long for years. And I've never had a, a car issue as far as uh, the gas goes. Who knows? Uh, Chloe, blocking them from the Swiss banks apparently is on the table. All right. Yeah, but the problem is if we put too many sanctions on um, on the Putin and the Russia, I only took a couple of poli-sci classes, so you might want to ignore this and maybe go somewhere else for your, for your info. But I think if you put too many sanctions on the guy and uh, he's feeling the heat, and he's feeling uh, vulnerable, and he's feeling uh, uh, the pressure that he might go and do something really, really stupid. Although I think this is really, really stupid. Putin doesn't give a shit about sanctions. I know he just gives a crap about his legacy. I mean, the guy's nuts. He thinks he thinks there's Nazis in in uh, the Ukraine. I'm craving a spicy chicken sandwich again from Wendy's, and I remember your video. Look, the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's is excellent. But I think I got to an age where I can't handle, I, I can't handle the aftermath. Oh my God, it was, it was really on the spicy side. But it was, it was really, really good. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you whose chicken sandwich sucks, and I mean sucks. I bought into their BS. I thought they were the best, and then after uh, five or six times of ordering, I realized, God. They are so overrated. And that would be Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A sucks. Especially when it comes to their chicken sandwiches. In other news, I saw Elton John at the Garden yesterday. And goddamn, that dude still got to eat Tom Burke. Nice. Did, did he sing Tiny Dancer? That's one of my favorites from Elton John. Hold me close there, Tiny Dancer. John Free. All right. Oh, would uh, what would you do if you were president? I'd run. I'd run. What would I do? I would leave the White House without telling anybody and put Secret Service in a complete panic as I'm just wandering around Washington. I would absolutely do that if I was president. I'm, I'm assuming you're you're asking like uh, diplomacy, uh, right? But I would just do weird shit. I would absolutely go down into the basement of the White House to see what they got. I'd absolutely be in search of aliens in the, in the White House uh, basement. I would be looking at the JFK shit and go, holy crap! And then realize I can't tell the rest of the world because the world would collapse if everyone knew exactly what happened with the JFK thing. Stuff like that. I would look for, like, Abraham Lincoln uh, memorabilia that maybe I could, like, sell on... Uh, is eBay still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Is eBay? <laughs> is eBay still a thing? I have no idea. And then I would just rub my uh, my balls on things. Just rub my balls on, like, drapes that have been hanging for, I don't know, like, 200 years. I would do stuff like that. Mini Van Ope. 
I'm not in a minivan, Robbie. That's the one thing when I got married and started having kids. I'm like, there's got to be another car besides that stupid minivan. And then I had a brother-in-law going, no, man, they've come a long way, the minivans. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Never, never for the kid. Uh, R.J. Henner's new podcast, President Ope and the Aliens. This is what I always think. You know, you're, you're a regular citizen, and one day they just hand you the keys, quote, the keys to the White House. You gotta be wandering around that place when you first get there, like, and you must be out of your mind. Like, all this stuff has been uh, very secure and top secret for generations, and now I'm the guy. And you gotta start looking in all the closets, opening up all the drawers, for real, going down into the basement. What What's behind that door? And then there are actually people, believe it or not, people don't realize this, but when you're the president, there are actually people that could prevent you from doing stuff like that. So there's probably a guy going, you don't want to know what's behind that door and you got to just kind of move along. But I would I would uh I would absolutely explore every inch of that White House and check out the history of it. Oh my god, that would be amazing. And then uh, they're like, "Mr. President, the world is falling apart." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm I'm rubbing my balls all over the Lincoln bedroom. Give me a minute." <laughs> it's so stupid. I press all the red buttons under the desk and see what happens. There you go, Jack Straw. Yeah. And then you you walk in the Oval Office and you got to think. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Obama. I don't care if you're Trump. Uh, yeah, let's go with Bush. Your first thought is like, so where did Clinton do it? Where did Clinton do it? And you're looking around like, was it th- right there? Oh, my God. And then you're on your hands and knees and you're like, you tell all your people to leave. And you're looking for, like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> remnants of Clinton, Clinton's time in the Oval Office. And then some idiot comes in and goes, oh, we replaced the rug immediately. What are you doing? Get up, you silly goose. you got a country to govern. Oh, still, uh, oh, still think you could take on Joe Rogan. Of course. Why not? My, my history shows I'm fucking good at this. Yes. The current state of uh, my live streaming and my podcasting, no, of course not. But of course I believe that. There was a time I was just a fucking kid doing radio in Rochester, New York, then Buffalo, then uh, BAB on Long Island, and I completely believed that I could be bigger than Howard Stern. So yes, my my daddy taught me that shit. And you can laugh all you want, but I was... uh, I was a nobody in radio with a dream, thinking I could easily beat Howard Stern. And I believe for a year or two there that the Opie and Anthony show was absolutely bigger than Howard Stern. So, yes, I do believe I could uh, beat Joe Rogan. Under the current um, um, format I'm doing with the live streams in my car and uh, my podcast, no, I'm not there. Of course not. I don't even know if I ever want to, like, give it another huge shot. I always had uh, this hope that Obama banged Michelle in the Lincoln bedroom. You, you gotta, you gotta think all that. You gotta think that because in the end, I don't care who's president. You know, they take their craps in the morning. They get irritable. They get the colds. They get the flu. They get the horny, and uh, they put their pants on exactly like you and I do. So you gotta think their uh, their curiosity gets the best of them, and they do some weird shit in the White House when no one's looking. 
uh, Brian Parnes, late night on WBAB. I do recall it was entertaining and new at the time. Yeah, man, it was the beginning of uh, what people would know as the Opie and Anthony show. Absolutely, I was doing things dramatically different. I had a damn good radio show going, and then uh, meeting Anthony and having the chemistry, we we exploded. But before that, I already was laying down the, the roots that would become the Opie and Anthony show. I was uh, literally number one in my time slot. Um, I was doing very, very well. Very, very well. Yes, I'm bragging. I'm sorry. You guys were the show for a time. There you go. So, yeah, when I say that I I, I believe I could be better than Joe Rogan, yeah, why wouldn't I still want to think that? My dad uh, taught me to try to be the best at whatever I wanted to do in my life. Yes, I do believe it. But I also understand what kind of work that would take. And losing uh, Vic Henley and uh, Carl makes it a little tougher, for sure. For sure. I would have to find other, uh, you know, other people and build a, 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 build a radio show from scratch again. I just have fun now. I stressed way too much when I was on um, the Opie and Anthony show for many, many reasons. Now I just turn this on. It's like, if I get an audience, great. That absolutely makes me excited. If I don't, that's all right. And I just have fun. Oh, what are your, some of your favorite bands? Do you listen to Cheap Trick? I never really got into Cheap Trick. I, I got into them as a kid. Surrender and uh, I can't even remember some of their uh, I Want You to Want Me. Right. They had a very good live album, live from Budokan. But I wasn't a Cheap Trick fan. I, um... I love early Stones over the Beatles, the uh, the Stones from the seventies. Tapped out after Tattoo You. Tattoo You is an absolutely great album, though. There's a bunch of songs on Tattoo You that they had in their um, in their archives for a while, and then they finally put it out on Tattoo You. So I like seventy uh, Stones. Love Led Zeppelin. Wasn't into Black Sabbath. Really got into the police growing up. Um, loved, loved, loved U2 for a very, very long time. Not so much now. Uh, then grunge just... I I rediscovered music through grunge. Love Nirvana. But I love Alice in Chains more than Nirvana. Love the Mad Season record. Love Temple of the Dog. But Pearl Jam is my number one um, uh, band as far as uh, the grunge scene goes. And then I got a little trippy and uh, got into some jam bands, um, which led me to love in the Allman Brothers to this day. Love, love, love the Allman Brothers. Love um, the Black Crows. Um, and I loved uh, the Black Keys. Didn't love Radiohead, but loved one of my favorite CDs of all time, The Benz. But the rest of uh, Radiohead, I didn't get into it as much as other people that really, really liked Radiohead. I thought the hair bands were just throwaway shit. Definitely loved Guns N' Roses for a while. Almond Brothers Live at the Fillmore is one of the greatest albums ever made. I cannot argue with that, Pat Duffy. Steely Dan never got into Steely Dan. And when I pledged a fraternity, those assholes thought it was hilarious to play dirty work over and over again while we cleaned up their stupid house when we were pledging. 
And then, you know, I became a brother, and then I thought it was hilarious playing it with the new guys that were coming up. Oh, my God, man. We're, when you pledge a fraternity, to this day, and I'm an old guy now, I, I get scared telling my fraternity stories. I really do, man. Because <laughs> during pledging, they definitely scare the crap out of you. And they basically say, don't ever talk about this stuff. And then to this day, like, sometimes I get together with a couple of my fraternity brothers, you know, and we'll start telling stories, and we'll get nervous, and we'll start looking around, like, is there another brother in, in the vicinity of, uh, of us talking? So, you know, they don't tell you. When you pledge, they have the big, huge party celebrating that you're now pledging this fraternity, and, and they... The kegs are flowing and the and the marijuana and all sorts of other things, let's just say, and you have a massive blowout party, and the alumni come up to Geneseo for the weekend for the big party, and uh, you're just happy as all hell, and then as you're leaving the fraternity house, you know, this is literally your first day, they're like, all right, your first pledge meeting is Sunday at 8 o'clock at night. And you're like, all right, man, I had so much fun. I can't wait to do this again. And you realize you ain't doing that again anytime soon. And then you're so stupid and naive. You're like drunk back in your dorm room, tossing and turning because you got a damn good buzz going. And you're so happy that you're going to be part of this fraternity. And then... Sunday, you get up, you go through your day, and you're like, oh, that's right, I got to go back to the the frat house for the big uh, meeting, pledge meeting. And then you're thinking it's just going to be another party because you're young. And then you get up there, and and most of the lights are out. It's dark, no one's smiling, and they're all screaming at you. And you look around, and you realize no one has cleaned the house There's uh, red cups all over the place. It's just a mess. Pizza, pizza boxes, you get it. Couches overturned, puke all over the place because it was a blowout party. And then they start screaming. They tell you where all the cleaning products are and the mops and the brooms. And they're like, get to work. And you're like, what the hell did I sign up for? And then some asshole, they... um, they put Steely Dan's Dirty Work on repeat. And you hear that song over and over again as you're cleaning up someone else's puke in the frat house. And this happened every Sunday. You realize while you were pledging that you are now a cleaning lady. Oh my God. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't like Steely Dan. And the marshmallows, sure. Sure. It gets, uh, Pleasant gets a little, uh, a little, uh, a little gee. <laughs> it gets a little, gets a little weird, man. If you're, if you're not secure with your, uh, sexuality, you might not want to pledge a uh, fraternity in the, in the late 80s. <laughs> oh, my God. You might want to pass on that. If you're ever going back in time, you got a DeLorean or a time machine and you go, you know what, now that I'm back in the 80s, I think I'm going to pledge a fraternity because it was so cool back then before all these rules uh, came into came into place. Nah, you don't want to do that if you're not secure on your sexuality. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, dude? I'm like, seriously, dude, what are you doing? I joined your fraternity because I want to like, 
you know, hang out with sorority girls and do keg stands. What are you doing? What are you doing with that? Why am I naked? (laughs) And to this day, I'm scared to talk about this shit. For real. Just scared. Oh, but do you eat how wings or buffalo chicken tendies? (laughs) Scrumptious. You know, when you... When you have kids, you end up eating a lot of chicken tenders. I went I went a couple decades without eating any chicken tenders, and now, you know, it's a staple in my house, so. And I dip it in the Franks, a little dip, a little dip. And I would absolutely, uh, you know, I try to take care of my health, and it's the only reason why I don't eat chicken wings every single day. I might eat chicken wings. Um, why am I telling you this? You don't give a f- what? What am I doing? What are you doing? You used to talk to Trump on the radio. Now you're going to tell him about your chicken wings. Oh, do you only eat chicken wings a couple times a year? Would you like to tell everybody? What a loser I am. Know what I listened to recently? I listened to The Killers when we were young, which is an amazing fucking song. Oh, my God. The Killers are a really good band, too. I don't know if I would put them in uh, my favorite category but man they got some toe tappers and when we were young is such a great song by the killers and then i listened to um i saw the killers in the concert yeah my brother-in-law loves the killers he's seen them a bunch of times he's like dude you, i don't know what you're doing you gotta you gotta see these guys they're amazing but i just never um i never went to one of their shows getting a little nervous because we're getting close to whether or not the street sweep is going to be coming on by or not the other song, I heard a version of Nine Inch Nails slash Trent Reznor doing Hurt with David Bowie. Search this out immediately. And then it turns out uh, Trent Reznor was a uh, huge fan of David Bowie, like a massive fan. And you fast forward a whole bunch of years, and there he is on stage harmonizing with David Bowie as they're singing Hurt. you got to see this. It's on the YouTube. It was amazing. To see if I could hurt. I'm telling you, if this street sweeper comes, I am so effed. Oh! Realization. All right, so when you do alternate side of the street parking in New York, you, you sit in your car and then you figure out all your moves. It's like a chess game. You're like, ah... Like for me, like I said earlier, I'm too close to this dumpster in front of me. So if I have to move my car over so the street sweeper comes by, uh, I'm going to have to take off and try to find another spot because I I can't move over enough because of this dumpster for the street sweeper to go by. You get this, right? Okay. Then at the end of the street, they're doing some construction work and they actually had the street blocked off for a while. So that's a very good sign. That means when the street sweeper sees uh, the beginning of this road behind me, they go, all right, we're going to blow off this road today because they got a construction crew. I just looked and the construction crew's gone. So I'm like, fuck. So construction crew gone, dumpster in front of me, street sweeper comes, I'm fucked. But then I realized, because I was, I, I was, I, I was uh, paying more attention to the live stream than my surroundings, now, remember I said that the, uh, the meter maid already gave tickets behind me? There's a car right behind me with nobody in it. 
So that officially means if a street sweeper comes, there's no reason why I would move because it can't get around the, the car behind me because the guy's not in it. And then there's a dumpster in front of me, so he can't do his, like, you know, his little swervy swerve. So I am really excited right now because I am good. I'm officially good. F the beef. The Opie and Anthony show gets me through my day. All right, very good. Very good. The only thing I would say to that is, uh, you know, me and uh, and Anthony and the other people that were associated with that radio show, when you're watching or listening to old episodes of the Opie and Anthony show, we make nothing from that. So I, that's where I uh, encourage, you know, you buy a T-shirt or something to support the cause and you, you help uh, you help me out and you certainly do the same for uh, for Anthony if you like the show that much. That's all. I know I got a whole bunch of revenue streams these days. So when people, when people, uh, what's a bonfire? Is that the bonfire? If it's uh, if it's Big J, oh, it might be Lewis. Lewis, who, who runs the bonfire account on Instagram? I do want to say that I, um, I've checked out the show recently, and uh, wow, man, Dan Soder and Big J Okerson are absolutely getting it done. It's one of the. One of the very few shows that I listen to at SiriusXM. Now that they, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, we talked about this on a on a live stream recently. I don't know why, but when they kicked my uh, ass to the curb after they were done with me, after me and Anthony made them, I would say a minimum of a billion dollars profit. They got rid of all my VIP accounts in my in my car. I, I should say cars because there are other people that also got uh, free Sirius XM because of my association with them. And um, the day I got let go, officially never fired, by the way. I know the haters like to try to push that agenda, but it's not true. Um, they got rid of my VIP accounts. <laughs> they really wanted to make it hurt. They're like, not only are we going to try to destroy his, uh, his career, we're not going to let him listen to the Pearl Jam <laughs> channel. Jesus. So I was I was without SiriusXM for a very long time. For a, I don't know, I forgot how long ago I got let go from SiriusXM, and I just was like, "Well, I ain't paying for it." Are you kidding me? So I just didn't have it. Uh, and then out of nowhere, I don't know. It's a, I guess it's been a couple months now. I got I got SiriusXM in this car again. They turned on my VIP account. I don't know what that means, but I'm like, all right. So I, I've been checking out some stuff on SiriusXM, and um, and one of them, long story short, has been the bonfire. Those guys are absolutely doing a very, very good show. And one of my old guys is over there, Lewis, who uh, who was a big help to me, especially with the last version of the radio show I did at SiriusXM with Carl Ruiz and Vic Henley. So, uh, so props. I, I would assume it's Lewis checking this out, but uh, that's okay. Tell Big J and Dan uh, Soder I said hi and that they're doing a, a damn. I was gonna say a decent job. They're doing, they're doing uh, a much better than decent job. Fish guy photos, my friend Chris. Hey, next time you get a possum, I'll get you a recipe. Are you serious, Chris? Are you serious? You ate possum too, Chris, aka Fish Guy Photos. He's my friend. Um, I don't even know how we met. I, I think we met kind of technically through my brother they're both marine biologists and now um he's a good friend of my brother uh scott and now he's a good friend of mine and we've done a few podcast episodes he's got the red-tailed hawk we did an episode with that where he was hunting 
his red-tailed hawk Emmy, uh, Emmy, excuse me. And then we did a whale watching episode. Then we did an episode where we checked out seals. It's tough to pick a favorite because every time I podcast with uh, Chris, aka Fish Guy Photos, it's going to be an adventure. But I think my favorite episode, Chris, has to be when we were shark tagging. And uh, when was that? Late July, early August. That was my favorite, man. We had such a blast, even though I puked twice on the boat. Uh, maybe not a Long Island possum, but a backwoods possum, definitely. You, you've you eaten possum. Oh, my God. And then his red-tailed hawk, Emmy, caught uh, a couple squirrels. And then Chris said, I'm telling you, you're going to eat squirrel. And then he made a really nice uh, soup out of the squirrel. Uh, and it was really, really good. I, I enjoyed it. It tasted a lot like chicken soup. And then I said to Chris, I'm like, Chris, I'm going to bring some home so my wife could try it. Because I didn't want him to feel bad. And then when I got home, I threw the uh, the squirrel soup in the garbage. <laughs> My wife's like, I'm not trying that. I'm like, I'm telling you, it tastes like, tastes like chicken. And then all of a sudden, I was like, going to have another bowl of it. And, and I'm thinking to myself, why would you have squirrel soup when you can open up a can of chicken noodle soup? So I'm sorry, Chris. I, I'm not sure if I ever told you, but the rest of the squirrel soup, even though it was delicious and I was very surprised how how uh, how good it actually tasted, it ended up in the garbage. I have to be honest with you if you're my friend. Have you ever caught a sturgeon? Oh, God, no. Pure monster. No, I. fish guy photos is laughing. <laughs> Uh, a sturgeon? No, man. I know they they uh, will give you an unbelievable fight, but I've never caught a sturgeon. My fishing is mostly bluefish, striped bass, and a lot of junk fish that you get as you're trying to get your bluefish or your striped bass, and that's pretty much it. Although I've done some uh, fly fishing too, which is pretty uh, pretty much a blast. We're going to do more shark stuff this summer. We've got big plans. I like that. Yeah, I want to see a, a white shark. Now that I'm uh, I'm hip with the the shark tagging guys, I can't call them great whites anymore. Chris uh, taught me he's like only farmers call them great whites. They're called white sharks. If you're a marine biologist, you call it a white shark. Oh, all right, thank you. Yes, Chris. The day. All right, so yeah, we had uh, squirrel soup. Then you braised a beer braised uh, rabbit. Uh, which was de- definitely good, and uh, and the venison, um, yeah, still not a fan of venison. Although, although how you cooked it, you, you know how to cook this. Uh, come on, man, it's, you're, you're cooking basically roadkill. Are are you just wandering around the Long Island Expressway picking up roadkill, you freak? <laughs> you freak. I tried a lot of venison when I was living in Western New York because, man, you want to talk about deer getting hit by cars. Oh, my God. It is uh, it is not good in Western New York when it comes to deer getting hit by cars. Wow-wee. So everybody has a venison recipe. I've tried uh, venison chili. I've tried uh, homemade uh, venison, um, I'll just call it beef jerky, venison jerky, whatever it would be called. We used to eat that uh, on the way into Bill's games. They were it wasn't bad, I guess. Fish guy photos. It's me and you today, brother. I've eaten roadkill when it's fresh. L O L. Ugh, my is that a real story? I've heard about people like you. You go out early in the morning to see what everybody hit the night before. 
and you can tell if it's still fresh or not, and you cut around the tire marks, and you, uh, you make yourself a nice meal. I've heard about people like you. What are your... Th- if we're talking about pineapple on pizza, then it's time to, you know, shut down, shut her down, shut down the live stream for today. Uh, oh, what are your thoughts on pineapple on pizza? It's the greatest thing since chocolate raisins. Yes. This would drive Carl Ruiz crazy. He did not believe in it. Pineapple on pizza, you got that sweetness with the, uh, the salt. It's absolutely amazing. But it's the reason Carl's no longer with us. He couldn't live in a world where people put pineapple on their pizza. So he said to me, I'm out of here. That's an exclusive. Anchovies. Oh, my God. Now we got to go. I hate anchovies. The one thing I found strange when I first started dating my uh, my now wife, go down to Philly, and they would open up cans of anchovies and just gobble them down. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> oh, they're disgusting. Boo, 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 boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs>